Hello and welcome to the Potts Podcast. Well, Ange. Well, you're what? sounding a little down. I'm feeling very down. I'm feeling very down because of the way we lost, to be honest. It's not a good start for a podcast, I know, but it's, it wasn't... It wasn't good to watch yesterday at times. It was really so poor. So conflicted again. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, it's happening too regular for my liking at, at this yeah. moment in time. I'm waiting for a run come on, and it, it doesn't seem to happen. It seems to be win, draw, then a bit of a win-win, then a loss, draw. We're, we're just struggling at the moment to get a run together, aren't we? We need to start picking up more points away from home because as good as our home form is, which might be the kiss of death for Tuesday... You can't expect that to carry on throughout the whole season. We need to start performing better away in terms of, I'm no doubt we're playing well, because I think we are playing well. That's the goalie thing. You go to somewhere like Sheffield and Preston and Swansea and they say we're the best team they've played, but we don't get the points. No, I'm really disappointed about this one because I came in with with a lot of expectation of this because Sheffield United have been poor. And to be honest, we were poor yesterday as well. Really not impressed with Sheffield United. And it basically took a fantastic, obviously, substitution, which we'll obviously cover later, a double substitution that literally killed the game for us. And we just couldn't seem to settle quickly enough, even when equalised. Yeah. But before we go in, you know, make sure everybody's completely depressed for Monday, we'll go in with the player ratings as normal. So we go in straight away with Adam Davies. Right. Well, I thought Adam Davies made one great save in the first half. I, at the time, thought he was possibly a little bit at fault with the second goal that went in. But then when you see it from behind the goal on the Sheffield United film of the match, he he didn't really have much chance. So uh, I'm going to give him a seven. I'll go in with... I'll go in with an eight, to be honest, for Adam Davies. The reason I'm going to go high is because if it wasn't for him in the first half and a couple of times in the second half... We wouldn't have even been 1-0 up in the first place. I thought he, at times, he's got that maturity that I think this squad's struggling with at the moment, which we'll talk about later. I think his maturity at the back does help with the way we play. Uh, I know he, I know there's a bit of fault for the goal, but to be honest, there was nothing he could really do about that chance, in my opinion. No. Right, so we'll go into James Chester next. I didn't think he had a bad game, I didn't think he had a great game. He looked like he was blowing very severely after about 25 minutes. I'm going to give him a six. I think you're being very generous there. I'm going to go on for five. I thought James Chester wasn't very good at all yesterday. I, I, I think you could see, clearly see he was knackered after, like you said, after 20, 30 minutes from what I was seeing. I just didn't think he was up for it. I think this was a great game to put Ostergaard back in the side. A bit of pace, which which might have nullified a lot of their attacks, and I thought yesterday it was one of them times where you know you should have brought him back in. So I'll go on for five for James Chester. Okay. Right. So Harry Souter. No, I didn't think Harry Souter did much wrong. He wasn't at his best though. There was one situation where he slipped as he was trying to uh, usher the ball back to Davis, but. Listen, he's just travelled three parts around the world and I'm just glad he was on the pitch because if he wasn't on the pitch, I think we'd have been worse off. So I'm going to give him a six as well. I'll go with a seven, to be honest. I thought Suter, including having to travel you know, all over the place with Australia, and I thought, he, I thought he did well yesterday. I know he had a slip, but every player slipped. Stephen Gerrard famously slipped. 
you know, but I thought defensively he did his job and to be honest, in the first half I thought he was our best player behind Davis, which doesn't say much because the first half we were probably lucky to go in at nil-nil in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. But, you know, I thought Suter was good. And he always he always is good. There's no he doesn't get interest from Everton and all that for you know, being a poor player. He's a good defender. And I've always he showed at times that bit of nous to get in front of attackers. And he for me he was brilliant at the back yesterday. Right, now we're going to Ben Wilmot. Right, well I'm 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 really waiting with bated breath for your um your marks on Ben Wilmot because whilst I thought he was great going forward at times I didn't think he was good defensively yesterday I know he had a chance when after Jacob Brown's header was cleared off the line he nearly scored but along with Suter and Chester for their equalising goal they all um, were at fault and I'm, I thought it was one of his worst games for Stoke I'm going to give him a five I can't believe that. I was going to go over nine. No, no. No, you weren't. No, 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 no. I, went, I was going to go in for five, actually, as well. Same score. I thought he was very lacklustre, same as James Chester. Yeah. You know, he did, he did, there, was, there was bits where he was trying to play the ball forward, but the problem is with this, when he does it, it, it shows the real problem we need a holding midfielder because he's trying to do both jobs at the moment. And he is, sometimes, he's really good at it, which is why I like him as a player. Not love him, as everyone keeps saying to me now. But yesterday, you know, he, he did have a poor game at times. He, he kept getting caught. Sheffield United saw that weakness, in my opinion. That's why they made the attacking changes and it worked for him. I thought that he, he needs to learn and start learning quick on when to run forward and when to run backwards. There's, there's a big difference. And yesterday he got caught and he kept getting caught. He wasn't learning from that mistake. So for me, as I say, he gets a five from me. Right. Which I was going to give him an eight, but you know you, you can't keep doing that every week because eventually the joke gets old, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. So now we move into Tommy Smith. Now I thought Tommy Smith did okay. I thought he was one of our better outlets. Um, he, he kept trying. I think he's been much better this season than last season. Uh, and I'm going to give Tommy Smith a seven. Uh, I'm going to go over six for Tommy Smith. I thought he did his job well. I think defensive. Again, I'm not 100% sure on him, which is weird when we talk about a defender, really. But when he plays this high role, I love it when he goes forward. He, we yeah. know how good he is at crossing the ball, which is why he's a big. He's been a big weapon this season because he's played in a position that I think suits him. But for me, when you play Chester alongside him and he isn't on sort like he wasn't yesterday, it, there's a big gaping hole down that left-hand side yesterday that I kept noticing. Because when yeah. Smith was bombing forward, Chester didn't have the pace to get in and then get, well go wide and then come back in. And that's why he was blowing after about 30 minutes, in my opinion, because he was doing too much for a lot of... This is why it was perfect for Ostergaard to come back in today. Because yeah. it was a, to nullify that left side. Because they have got a good left side. That Ben Osborne will rate a lot. I'll, like I say, I'll, I'll go over six with him because I thought, he, you know, the defensive side for me like yesterday, but the attacking was there. Yeah. Right, so now we're going to the left side with Josh Tymon. Now, I didn't think, unless I'm completely mistaken, I didn't think Josh Tymon beat his man at all yesterday. I thought he got over a couple of decent crosses. He tried. He always tries to, to make things happen. But I thought it was one of his less important matches. And again, for that, I'm giving him a six. Uh, I'm going to be harsh I'm going to go with a four for Josh Tymon yesterday Okay. I thought he was probably the worst player on the pitch for Stout yesterday everything he tried didn't work 
I thought it was another t- another time where I thought another player like Dowerty it would have been a great chance to for him yesterday because I think that pace on the counter really could have punished Sheffield United yesterday. Cause yeah, all, cause one thing it did show to me was he's pretty one-footed, isn't he, Josh Tymon? He's very, um, he's very one-footed. But and, yes, and that, that restricted us yesterday. And I thought their defence held him really well. I thought he was, uh, he wasn't as good as he should have been. I just, I mean, to be honest, it was it was a really weak performance from Tymon yesterday. And you know, Dowerty, with his pace, he doesn't have to come onto his right foot. If you know what I mean, because of his pace, he can yeah. break down, then whip balls in. Yeah, I think if Doughty had been not unwell yesterday, he'd have come on. Yeah, and it's just a shame, really. I'm going to go on for four. I thought he was very poor yesterday, Josh Tymon. Okay. Right, now we'll move into Captain Joe Allen. Well, for the first half yesterday, I thought, my God, he's having a bad game. I thought he was dreadful. He was out muscled all the way through. His passes were going astray in the first half. And I, I just really would have given him a three if he'd have carried on like that but the second half he got better nowhere near as good as he should have been but I'll give him a five so I'm actually going in with a five as well I thought he was horrific in the first half yeah I'd go with that uh, completely horrific I mean it, it was a nightmare watch really for a player that's played as many games as he has got as many caps for his country let's be honest he's beat Robbie Savage for international caps for Wales which shows how good he is and um, yesterday, that was tongue in cheek, by the way. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> and uh, I thought yesterday, yeah, he did come into it a bit in the second half, but I think that was to the to the workhorse of Wilmot, sort of supporting him by breaking up the pitch, are you? And I don't know if that was a tactical change by the manager, but it, it eventually was our downfall as well, because Wilmot kept getting caught, and defensively we were just soft because of tired on one side and one doing too many jobs. I thought Alan yesterday was the second worst. I still think Tymon was up there, but I thought because of some of the good movements and ball passing in the second half, Joe Allen was the second worst. I think it's we need an oldie midfielder, and yesterday proved how much we need one. Defensively, he just isn't up for it. When he's coming up against powerhouses that Sheffield United have got, he just falls apart. He's he's not strong enough to get to defensively keep these players away from the ball. And it was clear to see for me yesterday. Yeah. Right now, Remain Sawyers. Right, well, Remain Sawyers for me is a player that um, I believe we should have perhaps bought three years ago when he had legs. I think his legs have gone. Um, I think he's, he's great when he's in possession in a team that's winning and under no pressure. I think he's really good then. I don't think he's very good as in when he's defending and um the second goal was ball, he was ball watching and and he let McGoldrick go. I mean he McGoldrick went past him pointing where he wanted the ball and it was a nightmare. So I I just I, I'm not very happy with Sawyers and he's getting a 5 and he's lucky to get that. <sighs> Sawyers is getting with a 4 because of yesterday. The, like you've already said, I mean, the, the defensive work from him, because we brought him in, let's be honest, to be a holding midfielder. We know yeah. it's not his role, we know that, same as John Avery McCall last season. The problem is with Romain Sawyers, he, he, whenever he plays, for me, he looks like the weak link of our midfield. Yeah. And it's every time he plays. I don't know what people are seeing when they say he's a good player, I don't get it. I mean, yesterday, if he had any nous about him, any effort in him, it's not even about that his legs are gone. You still chase that ball down. 
that McGoldrick yeah. had got in. It doesn't matter if yeah. you're knackered, whatever. You still chase that down. And he did. He couldn't be bothered to even attempt to chase that ball down. And it conceded the goal and cost us the game. Because if we come away with a point yesterday, if Sawyer's had done his job, or it, cause like I don't mind, and I keep saying that, I don't mind if we get undone by a screamer. Say McGoldrick scored a 30-yard belter in the top corner. You can't do anything about that. It's football. Sometimes you hit him. I can remember when Dave Bramit scored an absolute beauty against Luton. Still my favourite ever goal at Stoke. You mark your man. You follow your man. You don't just go right the defenders can fix that to be honest in January I would let the car I would let the loan finish in my opinion already from what yeah. I've seen of him so far I'd let him go and see what else we can get because at the moment for me is the weak point of the team I don't know why we're playing him I think Thompson would have put brought it a lot more to the table because he's got that wicked left foot of him and he works harder so for me Sawyers I don't I don't really want to see him play again and I'll, I'll, I'll be brutally honest with that. I don't want him play again. Vrancic for me, drop him deep it with Joe Allen and then put Powell with a two up front. That's for me what works. This new system that he's playing, I don't like it. We look nullified. And I just and was, it's, for me, we're changing our system to fit Remain Sawyers in. And I don't well, understand like I, why. Well, like I say, you can't have three creative players in that midfield. If you count Powell, Vrancic and Sawyers... You can't have three people like that in their midfield because you've got nobody in front of the defence breaking up the opposition's attacks. And um, I, I would agree that we are trying to shoe all him in. And it's just silly. I don't get it. Why shoe in a player that isn't performing? Fair enough, yeah. it's a player that's coming to the side up from an injury or whatever and started banging in goals or being absolutely amazing. But he hasn't been. He's been poor. And we're shoe him to, to the worst of the team. We look nullified up front because Brown, let's be honest, he took his chance well, but and we'll go into that later. But Sawyer's, the fan base don't want him. I don't want him anymore. I don't think you. If I mean, if if you had an opportunity now of getting rid of him in January, would you take it? Yeah, if we could bring a defensive midfielder in, yes, I would. Well, absolutely, I'd get. I wouldn't keep him anyway. No. Yeah, just nowhere near good enough. Right, so now we move into the new system, which I'm not liking. Nick Powell in the can. Um, I thought he, he, he looked pretty off it yesterday, actually. He, d- he did one or two great passes, uh, but apart, he had, he, he had a bit of a chance. If that had gone in, we'd have probably won the game. That one that would have made us 2-0 up. But he, he's got so much time, Nick Powell, and I think it's a pity that he wasn't quite on song yesterday because he makes, he makes us tick more than anybody. He can do things really, really well. I would always have him in, in between, but yesterday I would only give him a six. I'll go over five yesterday with Nick Powell. He didn't have a good game. But the, this is the problem now with Stoke, is that we are slightly sliding towards a, a one-man team at this moment in time, where if Nick Powell doesn't play well, we don't win. And it's been the case all so far this season for me. Apart from the yeah. games where he hasn't played and we have scraped results. But we didn't play well in them games, but we scraped them by a, a goal or whatever. But Nick Powell, for me, when he doesn't play, and I think it's because we're playing with this two, two cam rolls, I think they're too sure. busy passing to each other rather than getting in good positions. Yeah, and, you're probably right. And I just, just didn't appreciate it. I understood the system of putting a left footed on the right and a right on the left. But tactically yesterday, we weren't, we, we weren't ready for this game. The, the whole system didn't work. Sheffield United comfortably handled it. We nullified his own creative players. And our midfield was, was too high up the pitch and we kept getting broken over the top. Nick Powell yesterday had a bad game, which is why I gave him a five. You know how much I love Nick Powell, everybody does. But yesterday, completely out the game, and now we move on to Mario Vrancic. 
He must have been tired or he must have been struggling with his uh, his injury because I wouldn't have taken him off. He distributes the ball well, he controls the ball well, we know that. Um, and when he went off and Powell went off, we had absolutely zero creativity. So I thought he did his best and I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, I'll go over six with Vrancic, I thought. Yeah, his passing was okay, but it was simple passing. I don't think there was anything creative to a real degree yesterday. Um, again, I still think he's too high up the pitch. I don't think he's got the legs to play that high up. He, he, he's not a known. He's not going to be a man that can do darting runs anymore and breaking the box. If he's got support behind him, then fair enough, you'll get something yeah. out of Vrancic. But yesterday, he was marked out the game. They knew yeah. he had. They knew he had no pace. Stick, stick the youngest defender on him. Job done, and that was it yesterday. And the subs, which we'll go on to later. For me, like I say, I'm being quite generous. I could have gone a five really because he was for me non-existent apart from a couple of good passes to Nick Bowles standing next to him. Just a really all-round poor performance. But I don't think it was down a lot to the players. A lot of this goes down to the man in charge for me of yesterday. But okay. you know. I've, I've, you know what? What can, more can we say? He didn't. He didn't shine out for me yesterday at all. And now we move into a man who did shine out yesterday, and for me was absolutely fantastic yesterday. Really, did he did the best he could for a man who, let's be honest, isn't a striker, isn't a man who's going to bang away loads of goals. But he belted a beautiful goal in yesterday, and that's Jacob Brown. Well, Jacob Brown, as I've always said, the pressing starts with him. He works hard and everything about us trying to win the ball back starts with Jacob Brown. I thought his goal was exceptional. All these people that say, oh, he's rubbish and everybody will get one of them once in a while. No, you won't, you know. That was a really well-worked, great goal. He presses, as I say, all the time. Um, I don't know why he came off, whether he was tired or, or whether he just thought that he'd throw somebody else on at the end. But for me, he was Stokes man of the match and because we didn't do great, I'm only giving him an eight. I agree, I'm getting over an eight as well, I thought he was brilliant yesterday, I thought he was our best player, the only one really trying, He took his, his goal was fantastic, for somebody who we know isn't lethal, as we know, he took that fantastic, it was a great strike, really, yeah. put in the bottom corner. Barnsley boy scores at Sheffield, doesn't get much better than that. No it doesn't, it doesn't, unless you're a Wednesday fan, <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, great, great performance yesterday, I thought he... he he held the line up well. He tried to bring the other players in, but like I say, when when we played that system that doesn't work at all, Vrancic yeah. was marked out the game. Nick Powell was near enough the same as well. Couldn't get in key areas. He had plenty of space behind in front of the defence, but when it came down to around it, he was marked out the game. So Brown had to do it all on his own. And I think he did a great job yesterday, which is why he gets an eight. Yeah. And he had that header cleared off the line by Billy, whatever his name was. Yeah, those players I've never heard of. Painted, yeah. But the thing is, when you look at that team, that that team last season was in the Premier League, and I, I can't understand how they, they they are poor. They were a poor team yesterday. No oh, pain. My words, Ian. They'll get in the playoffs. I, I, they won't. Trust me, they won't. They, won't. they won't. Honestly, they won't. Trust me. It's all Barnsley. You watch. They'll go. <laughs> <laughs> and Brown will go. No, I'll go back. Right. So now we'll move into the substitutions, and first we'll go in with Sam Sorridge. Uh, Sam Surridge, when he came to Stoke, I thought, oh, we might have got a bit of a bargain here. I just thought he... It's hard to come on, isn't it, and, uh, and try and change a game, especially away from home, but I don't think he had any impact at all, and um, I, we won't get too involved about Bournemouth, but, of course, because we had him from there, I've just got a sneaking suspicion he might figure more on Tuesday. But for me, he had zero impact on the game, and he's getting a five. 
Uh, I'll go in with a five as well. I can't really give him anything else more. He come on and that was it. That's all I can say really. He came on. I think touched the ball about four times, maybe five. Nothing, nothing major. And I'm starting to wave behind. This might not have been a good, as good as we thought because yeah, the way he broke because the way he broke in and impressed straight away. You're thinking mm, there's a player here, but every time I'm looking at him now, he's reminding me more and more of Lee Gregory. I've got to be yeah, honest, me he's reminded me of Lee Gregory and, and the problem is now is that, you know, most of his money went on, on him at the start of the season, so there's an expectation. Yeah. I know it's only a small fee, I think, what was it, two million? But for, you know, how much we spent for on a Jacob Brown, who's a better player, and you look at players like Fletcher, Sam Surridge for me, he, he just, I couldn't, now I understand why Bournemouth let him go. I bet Bournemouth now are laughing the way to the bank. I've got to be honest. Um, I don't think he's terrible, but yet, but yesterday was a big proof of it. He was standing next to defenders all, as soon as he come on. No yeah. sort of quick movement, nothing, nothing to make himself available. Even when he came close to the ball, he was doing it off, off pace, and the defender stood next to him. It was yeah. so easy to mark him, and it seems to be like that every time I'm watching him now. You just put somebody next to him, and it's job done. No movement, no skill, no trickery. Just really disappointed with him, and it's it's not it's not just because of the, the clear missed chances that he's you know wasted, but it's just uh, there's a lot now that I'm starting to notice because I'm paying more attention to him now, and I'm not impressed. I've got to be honest. So I'll go. I'm glad you like him as a person though, because it'd be horrible the way you slated him if you didn't like him. Well, I don't I don't know him as a person, do I? So I can only <laughs> judge him as a player. So, this is again the biggest problem with the Stoke media team. You know, if they made him look like people. We might understand, you know, if they come out and said why he missed and, you know, he's, he's working hard on this. But we don't, so it's one of them things. And then the final sub, which I can't remember. No, you haven't got the... You've got two subs to go. Two subs? Are you with you then, Let's go for Well, them. Klukas. Oh, yeah, Klukas, yeah. What, what an impact. <laughs> well, I thought he started off when he came on quite well. I mean, he got stuck in and he won the ball, but... Then he just drifts out of the game altogether. It's a bit beige. So for me, he's getting a six. Yeah, he's getting a five. I thought, yeah, apart from that tackle, again, same old Sam Lucas. I'm still struggling why we give him a new contract, to be honest, from what we saw last season. He looks worse this season. I've got to be honest. He seems like he's in a real decline. I don't know if it's because he wants beer or not, but he, the way he's playing at the moment looks like he doesn't want beer. You know, he's been given the biggest shirt number in Stokes history, number seven, and he mm. doesn't seem to have made any impact or anything at all. You know, apart from missing that absolute sitter against, I can't remember who it was, Barnsley, was it? Yeah. He's not impressive at all. And, you know, what could I say yesterday? He come on and did nothing. You know, every sub did no impact whatsoever. And actually made us look weaker. And it's it, it really... But what can the manager do? But Sam could Yeah, no, that's true. And of course, when you, you we've got one more sub, which is Fletcher. And of course, he had very little time to do anything either. Uh, and I'm only giving him a five. But I, I agree with you. The subs, when when they got back into the game, we were actually waiting to make the subs, and um, it might might have changed things. But listen, it was a poor. There's no getting around the fact that the players weren't good enough yesterday and you've mentioned the fact that the manager uh, should take some of the blame so I'm going to ask you first what what are you giving Michael O'Neill? Uh, I'm going to give him a generous five for yesterday um, I think tactically I think we were set up wrong I think we played into their hands we isolated our two best players 
by putting them too high up the pitch. We then brought Remain Sawyers in and we changed the entire system to fit Remain Sawyers in, which I can't understand for the life of me. He's not doing the job we brought him in to do, but keeps getting played, which to me says, is there something in his loan deal where he's got to play? I don't know, because at this moment in time, I'm really confused of why he's playing every week, because to me, he's just an absolute waste of time. To be honest, I would rather have kept John Obi McCall, a player that I didn't rate last season as well. Make a prediction now, which might make me look very stupid by quarter to eight on Tuesday, but I don't think he'll be playing on Tuesday. I think he'll play Jordan Thompson on Tuesday. It's quite clear that we need um, this defensive, central defensive midfielder or, or somebody of that mould that can break up the opposition attacks because we're going to win all our matches in terms of when we play away now, we're going there for a win. And I think we're sometimes a bit too adventurous away from home. We're a bit too open. And, and we, we haven't got, at this moment in time... I mean, for, for, for their second goal, Sawyers was just ball-watching. I've said it before. He let the man go. Um, and from, from being really, really in control at that point in the game, where we shouldn't have been in it after the first performance. But because we're only scoring one goal and we haven't got... Make as many chances as you like, but if you haven't got somebody to finish him off, you're always going to be struggling when you one up. I mean, apart from these balmy minutes we had at Derby and and this nonsense yesterday, we're frittering points away from home, and you will not get automatic promotion if you do that. We've just got to resolve this situation in January with somebody that can come in. He'll know that. He probably knew it at the last transfer window, but we couldn't get anybody. But if we can, if we can't get anybody in January, then I think he'll keep Sawyers. I, I agree with you. I, th- I think there is a sign of this, but we know Sawyers doesn't work in that role. We know he doesn't work as a defensive player. I like I like the way he moves with the ball. When he's got the ball at his feet, I do actually think he's okay. I don't think he's amazing or thingy, but he's better than Klukas at this moment in time, which is why yeah. I don't mind him. But at yeah. the moment, with the poor performances of Klukas and Sawyers... Especially when they play together. We look horrendous when they play together. But for me, we're nullifying them ourselves. Like you've said, we need a holding midfielder. But at times, I don't think we do. I think if you put Varancic in a central midfield role, he can control the game. And that's the thing that that I like about Varancic. I don't like him that out of the pitch. Because if they've got a quick defender or... Have got spare men, an holding midfielder. He gets marked out the game, and that's our only creative player, i.e., passer and you know creative player out of the game, like it was yesterday. Yeah. And we look nullified. Yeah. And for me, Michael only has to take a lot of the blame for that because he. We have a system that worked. We saw it at the start of the season where the points started mounting in, where Vrancic, Allen, and Powell when they could play, we looked really strong. We, we were pushing the ball forward. Varancic was controlling in the midfield and Alan did the mopping up and Wilmot supported him if he, if he had the opportunity, which is why I like Wilmot, because he can do both the roles. Yesterday, Chester, he looked knackered within 15 minutes, so he must have been tired when he was when he was picked. You know, we've got Ostergaard there that's ready to go. He hasn't played for the last couple of games from what I remember. Get him in. He's got the legs to, against these top players. If, if Let's be honest, if Ostergaard played... Yesterday, McGoldrick wouldn't have even got into the space to create that chance. Cause he no, wouldn't, he wouldn't. I would agree with that. But let's just look at the table now. If you look at the table, I believe we'll be in the top six. But we've got the 
joint second worst goal difference in the top ten. Even though it's early days, that's a massive problem. The joint second worst goal difference in the top ten. And we, we know what that reason is, because we just haven't got a goal scorer. And it's yeah. it's plain to see. I mean, we know this from the Barnsley game. We know this from another team. I can't remember the, what was the result when it was 1-1 as well. Yeah. Where we had hatfuls of chances. We should have walked away 5-6-0. But yeah. we squandered the chances. Yeah, we should have, could have, would have. You could go on like this forever. So what What were you giving Michael O'Neill? Five. Five. Five, OK. Well, I'm going to make a comment now that um, I was laughing in the first half because... If I'm being honest, the ref was, you know you have homers, well this was an awayer. This ref gave us everything he possibly could in the first half. He was getting pelters from the Sheffield fans, absolutely pelters. It was really great to see, I was laughing, some of the decisions he was making were so bad, they were brilliant for us. So we even had the help of the ref and couldn't win yesterday. Yeah, it, it, to be fair, yesterday it was just one of them games, wasn't it, yesterday? Yeah, but we're having, Ian, we're having too many of those games. This, this, this is what's worrying me now, because this performance yesterday, I thought, yeah, 80th minute, here we go, we'll we'll get three points here. We'll just sit back, or, you know, make a change that works at that time, because I thought the game was going away from us again anyway at that point. There was about... Yeah, but you've got to kill teams off. When, when we had that dominant 30 minutes in the second half, we, for all the possession we had right the, I mean Michael O'Neill said it himself we, he couldn't remember clear cut chances that we created and if you're not creating clear cut chances from which to score then it doesn't matter how much your dominance is one goal is never enough no it isn't it isn't there's no question of it but like I say yesterday because of the two cams were literally nullified out the game we, we couldn't create them chances Brown isn't going to do it all on his own. I know he was unlucky not to score a second. But again, I didn't understand why Jacob Brown was taken off because he was the only player that looked like he was going to score, which is weird for me to say that. But he brought two strikers on, but took all his creativity off. If you're going to take Verancic off, then you can't take Nick Powell off as well because we know what Powell can do. He can literally yeah. turn a game in a second. We know how good he is. He could just he could a ball could go a sprint stray and he's in goal. That's how good he is. But to take both of them off yesterday, the biggest thing that annoyed me is he he made four substitutions and everyone made us look weaker. Yeah, no, I would agree. And that that's the reason why he's getting a five for me. It's not because of just just the result. It was. The timings of the substitutions were wrong. The people he brought on at the time were wrong. And it's for me, Fletcher should have come on in an earlier stage because we know that Fletcher, fair enough, he's, he's probably lost his legs now towards the end. But we know that if he gets an opportunity, he will bury it. And that's yeah. the thing about him. He's a good impact man for, for Stoke Definitely. now. But the problem is we've got nobody up front. So when you play this system to fit Sawyers in, it's not a good system, which is why he gets a five for me. Because the system didn't work. You shoe under a player that isn't into the team that isn't really playing well to begin with. Just not good enough for me. Right, so now we'll move into the overall rating. Six. I'm going over four. God. Absolute four. Not, not good enough at all for me yesterday. I thought, yes, we had a 30-minute period where we looked strong and I thought we might kick on. But we created nothing through that dominance I thought timing was out the game for in 
for me, should have gone off very early for me. Completely, every time he ran down that right side, he was completely defending out the game. Sawyer's looked knackered after after eight minutes. And so did James Chester. And with how tired James Chester looked yesterday, he must have been tired beforehand, in my opinion. He looked knackered. And well, he... I thought that Ian, I thought the whole team looked, uh, and again, Michael O'Neill said it, they looked leggy. And that was a worry for me, given that you know, the first week of the uh, two-week break, they'd probably only trained two days, and, and maybe that's just mental fatigue catching up with them. Well, it could be, it could be, but the, the biggest problems are coming to there to see it. I've got a question that I've got to ask you this week is, is top six reasonable with the way our form is going at this moment in time? What do we need to improve this patchy form, as we'll call it? Well, I think we obviously need a clinical striker, and I think people expecting Tyrese Campbell to come in and be that are expecting an awful lot out of somebody that's missed a huge amount of football and possibly won't hit the ground running, although we all hope he will. And again, I'll just point to the defensive central midfielder, the one who breaks up the opposition attacks. Those are the two areas I would go for. What about you? Uh, I think that we need another striker in, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I brutally I'll be honest, I don't think Simmer's going to fit that bill. I've heard great stuff about him. I've heard that he's going to be a great player, he's going to be this, and you know, he could be. But for me, he's a right winger. For me. Yeah, no, I'd take that. And he's not a striker. And for me, shoe-owning a player in to play striker isn't going to help us in any shape or form. He might he might no. improve. I can't judge him yet. He hasn't. He's barely played. So I can't sit here and go, well, he'll be garbage. Because he might come in and start banging goals away. Like I said earlier on, in about five podcasts past, where he's going to come off the bench and score every week. <laughs> but at this moment in time, I think Sam Surridge has been a dud. Yeah. And I think that... Fletcher, for me, is done now. I, I just don't think he's got the legs anymore. I think Brown has been a revelation this season. He's actually been a real positive for Stoke this year. But we, for me, January's got to be another striker. Okay. You've got to bring a striker in that knows. For me, an experience... Dwight Gale. If Newcastle don't want him anymore, and you know what I'm like, I've never been a big fan of Dwight Gale, but we know he's lethal in this division, and yeah, we know absolutely. the chances he'd get. It, it, but it's just whether they would... Uh take the wage cut that they will have to take to come to fit into Stoke now and that's going to be a problem well I wouldn't take him on a permanent basis anyway That that's the thing with Dwight no, Gale no but you're still going to have to pay him the wages he wants he ain't going to come as a charity case well, well I know that 50-60 grand at Newcastle to come for 15 to 20 at Stoke you wouldn't do that no but it would be a loan deal so he'd still get his wages it just depends on how much flexibility the play, uh, yeah so there's a chance that they might go well we don't really want him we're, we're signing Mbappe next week you know yeah. th- th- there's a difference there isn't there where they go yeah you can have him for eight grand <laughs> you know we'll pay the rest of it you just get him away from the team the new manager doesn't want him you know yeah. so go for somebody like that somebody that we know can take the chances because it could make a big difference from the January onwards you know yeah, you look but- at you look at QPR they've They've gone very heavy with their forward line, very experienced, you know, Andre Gray, I think Charlie Austin's there on a permanent basis now, you've got Lyndon Dykes, who's sort of the mop-up man. You know, Stoke at the moment, we've got a lot of inexperience there, especially at this level, you know, you've got Brown, who's new to it, you've got Surridge, who hasn't really played a lot of football at this level for Bournemouth or anyone. And for me, we've, we've got to go out and bring somebody in because, like people, like you've already said, we can't expect Campbell to come back and be that instant difference. But at this moment in time, we're putting that needless pressure on him 
because everybody's missing chances left, right and centre. And we need kill yeah. teams off. So I don't put this massive pressure on Tyrese Campbell to start coming back and scoring hat-tricks because he, no, he's not going to be fit. We well, move on now to um, the team that we all, for some reason, love to hate. And I can think of many reasons over the past few years. Harry Arthur's tackle on Joe Allen being one. And it's Bournemouth. And what do you reckon about that? Weirdly enough, I'm positive. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know why, but I think under the lights, there's a chance we can get something there. They're playing incredible at the moment, so there's no question about it. They're my, they're my tip and favourite to go up top. Just such a good side, aren't they? They, they? they just grind out what they need all the time, don't they? They, they seem to be able dogfights and play good football at the same time, which is a trait of Scott Parker's team. We saw it twice with Fulham's promotions under him. If we can counter again, like we did against West Brom, and nullify him. We have every chance. What do you think? I think Tuesday night, under the lights, against a team that's unbeaten, a bit like West Brom, I think we'll do them. So you've got all hope in it? I just think we'll win. I, I think we'll win. I just just do think that when you look at the past matches when we haven't performed as we wanted to, more often than not, Michael O'Neill's got a very quick tune out of them. I think he'll make changes. I think he realises possibly that part of Saturday was down to his tactics I don't think we'll be anywhere near as open I think that um, we will win and I think the fans will play a huge part on Tuesday night I'm going to go myself to be honest against Bournemouth I'm going to definitely go uh, I think that, my word we're honoured well it's, I'm normally at work aren't I because it seems like every time a new <laughs> midweek game comes I'm on noons <laughs> so, yeah. which seems to drop on lovely I mean, last the last day the West Brom game, we had to have half a day holiday, so I could go and watch it. I think this is, I think I think we could scrape another one nil here, and I think it's all if we play that system against West Brom because we are good at home. There's no question. This season we've been very good at home, and I feel that it'll carry on. Our home form could be something that scrapes us into the playoffs come the end of the season. Yes, yesterday really has gutted me. They, I am really gutted because I was really hoping for a kick on now. Where we re- after especially the West Brom game, I thought a week's rest, everyone will be up for it, and we'll go against these big sides now. We've got a bad month coming up when it comes down to these matches. I've got a feeling we'll win. I've got to go. I'm going to go with Brown again as well. I'll, I'll go with Brown again. I think he's going to hit a bit of form now because he's the only man who I think has has got the capability of scoring at this moment in time. Because his forward line at the moment is shocking. I've got to be honest. Well, I don't care how we win. I don't care who scores. But um, I do think it's really important that we don't lose this game because then it makes even more pressure on um, on the game on Saturday, which we'll clearly come on to. But I, I think Stoke will win and I think it'll be a real tense affair. But I just think, do you know if we're ever going to get a bag full this season? I'd love it to be on Tuesday night. Yeah, I'd love it. I'd, to be honest, I'd love another Swansea. Another performance yeah, out of nowhere because I, I thought that was going to come Saturday, but it, it obviously didn't. You know, if he puts the team right in, puts Verancic deeper, control the midfield, put Powell Powell alongside maybe Fletcher and Brown, try and break forward. There's a chance. I mean, Surridge might come in again, but at the moment I'm not impressed with Surridge. I, I really aren't. But I've got a feeling we will win. I'm the same as you. I've got a feeling. But to be honest, I thought we were going to beat Sheffield United three 0 So. Egg is truly yeah, on you're face. not very good at this podcast. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not very good. I've only predicted one right so far. Yeah. So I mean, on on Tuesday, I'd like to see Fletcher start up front with Brown. I think I would like to see 
Alan Vrancic and Powell in the midfield with Jordan Thompson with them as well, which means you're obviously going to have to get rid of, of somebody else out of the team. But I think that's the way to go against Bournemouth. Yeah, I think I think you've got just got to counter them because we know good they are at coming forward, and just counter them like we did against West Brom. Just just take your time, counter them, and break through. Use the players like Varanchi that can pass the ball well, and get Powell away. Fletcher, I think it's time he come back and, and give ninety minutes. Well, probably sixty minutes. He's not going to do ninety, is he? But you know, we know. To be honest, at this moment in time, he's our best finisher. I know he hadn't scored yet, but. We know if he gets off a chance of the box, he will take it. That's the difference between the other two. He's an experienced pro, so I'd bring in Fletcher definitely. Defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but why are you just talking about that with him being an experienced pro and taking chances? Right? There's only one club in English football created over fifty chances from crosses this season, and that's us with fifty-one. So he should be back in the centre for me for that very reason, as you've said, he'll take the chances. Yeah. He's, he's got to he's got to come back in at this moment in time. We need his experience. We need his goals because at the moment we, you know, Surridge too inconsistent. Well, not even too inconsistent. Moment he's not performing. Brown we know is hit and miss, like I've said before. And I'm, I'd like to see Fletcher in because if, if, if ball comes on his head, it's a goal. You know, he, yeah. he, he could take two in one game and we get a great result against Bournemouth, and that's what I'm after. We would need a great result after this now, a real positive win against Bournemouth to try, just to pick us back up again because I know I know from looking at the Facebook messages and the groups and Twitter everyone's been deflated by this one yeah. and I'm just hoping we can all pick ourselves up we will right so now we're obviously going to talk about the return of King Rowett well um, if we have to uh, so we'll see him we'll also see man who can't play against us the very non-prolific Benny Cofobi will be watching I think Millwall will be a really tough ask because um, obviously it's a tough place to go. The only bonus I can see at the moment is that we don't have a James McQueen to wind up their fans. I think it'll be a tough ask and I, I would take a draw now. Uh, a draw? Well, Grout knows definitely a lot about draws. I've got a feeling we'll beat them. It'll be a tough game, it'll be a scrappy game, but I think we might sneak them 1-0. Well, there is a situation brewing if we don't beat Bournemouth. Heaven forbid we lose to Bournemouth, but then the pressure's really on, and I would rather not get like that. I know, the, pre- the pressure's on at the moment, because it's, we've already said that this is going to be a bad month, it's going to be a tough month because we're playing against good sides, and even though Millwall aren't a top, a good, well, a great side, but they don't lose a lot, and that's the thing with Millwall. They're one of those teams that are destined to be 9th for 10th, and he has improved them a lot. Because before he went in there, there were a team that was on the verge of going down to League One, and he sort of turned them into a steady championship club, you know, which he was trying to do at Stoke as well when we were trying to get straight back up. But the thing is, where it is, we know how good they are defensive. We know how good they are at, at sitting back and, and inviting pressure on. And we, but I think with a player like Varanchik, which is the big difference this year from previous years, he can unlock that. But it's all depending. Yeah, it's all depends on who's up front, though. This is this is again the big problem. It, there's a lot of swapping and changing up front because no one seems to be taking it by the scruff of the neck. And yeah, I'm true. just hoping that Fletcher can come in against Bournemouth, get a good goal or something that gets us the win, and then pushes on and maybe be, can be that hero we need at this moment in time. We, we're just not scoring, and that's the worry. We, we, we it's like Millwall. It's going to be a tough one for me. I think it's tougher than the Bournemouth game, Millwall. 
because Millwall, as we know, are a tough nut crack. Nobody, not many teams beat them, to be honest. They're such a well-organised side, but they, they're the same. They don't win. They, they, they draw all the time, don't they? They're not, yeah. not a win expert, but I think we can do them. I think we can scrape a win this time. And if we do, if we can get a result against Bournemouth and Millwall, it pushes us right back up there and confidence will come back. Yeah, that would be good. But no, I, I agree that it's a, confidence needs to come back after that, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We need we need a good result after that. You know, because it it's just the way we lost it. It's, it's similar to the Derby game where it, which deflated us all as well. So to see this happening again, it'll just pick us back up again. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right, so now there's been a lot of talk in the press of Ryan Shawcross and surprised a few people, including myself, where he said Mark Hughes was the best manager he worked under. Yes, it surprised me as well, that, if I'm being honest. But uh, look, everybody has a right to um, believe what they believe and um, he clearly thought Mark Hughes was the best manager. Maybe because we probably played football that he preferred than under Tony Pulis because under Tony Pulis it was quite obvious that the, the defenders used to spend hours and hours just going over set pieces and where they should stand and walking through different different parts of play so that's possibly the reason only let's be honest we, we were successful under Mark Hughes we had our three nine place finishes didn't we yeah yeah it was and we played some great stuff football at times no question of it Especially with like Shakiri and all that, remember that. Remember those days. I do, but um, <laughs> you know they're gone now, aren't they? That's the thing. I've, have you seen a club like Stoke? You know, fall away like they have. You know, from Sunderland. going. Oh yeah, apart from so yeah, but that's always happened at Sunderland, aren't it? They've been garbage for years. They have, haven't they? But yeah. you know, but they've never had players like Shakiri and stuff like that. I mean, they go on about Nile Quinn. I thought it was just a, an overrated Stephen Fletcher, in my opinion, Nile Quinn, but. Yeah, you know, I just I feel it's it's a bit of a fall from grace really. Which let's be honest, the rot started with Mark Hughes, and yeah, it did. I uh, mean, he, he he was very lucky to. We've talked about this before, but he was very lucky to have uh, Tony Pulis' backbone to work with. Yeah, it's very it's very similar to like the Arsene Wenger route, isn't it? Where he, he took George Graham's back line and started winning things, and then as soon as he left, they stopped winning things. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, and. You know, the same thing happened with Mark Hughes where he had to rebuild a defence. He made an absolute shamble of it. Which, yeah, is why, he did. which is why he's not in management anymore. I can right. understand with the football why Ryan thought he was there, but I thought with you know the European nights which he, he only got one crack at and the FA Cup final, I really would have thought it would have been Tony really. Because he yes, did bring too. great times, didn't he? Yeah, me too. Right, so now we'll finish off with the women. How did the women get on this? Well, week? there's only been one women's match today and they played Borough Women at Billingham Town in the North East and they won 2-1. So that's a great result for the ladies. Finally, are they back? Yeah, are we bouncing back? Maybe that's a good omen for Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night and women are winning again, which is good because they've been absolutely horrific this season. So hopefully this is a kickstart for them. Um, I still don't actually know if they've got a manager at this moment in time. It's, Normally, I don't think they have. It's what's going on with the women? It's quite frightening. I'm gonna have to bring an expert on to talk about this. I just yeah. got to find one. Right. Uh, so thanks for that, Andy. It's been a good podcast. It's been- so sorry, it's a depressing one, but let's hope. Fingers crossed. We we'll get something against Bournemouth. Get something against Millwall. Get us right back up there. If you enjoyed the podcast, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to get more involved. And if you are on iTunes, 
please do us a great, great favour of giving us a five-star review. It goes a long way for the podcast. I know we've had one recently, and I thank that person for it. So, thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the best.